So, um, I think the other week I was looking at worldliness. Eh? Yes, now, <laughs> why are people laughing? It was amazing. Yeah. I touched areas. <laughs> so, the other week I was looking at worldliness and um, I explained how God, it's not God's desire for, for anyone to be worldly. I explained, for example, that uh, you can't be a believer and be a drunkard at the same time. We just say it as it is. You know what I mean, right? I explained things like you can't be a believer and you're dating two people at the same time. No matter how large your heart is. You're not Jesus to love everyone the same. <laughs> you must be partitioned. <laughs> you understand? Eh? So, um, and then last week we looked at knowing God, which if you notice the teaching is actually connected. If you notice. And we're building to something. And when we get there, you will know. So if you don't, it's like a series, eh? You have to follow for you to know exactly where we're going. So, today we'll look at something else, um, which is uh, fellowship with the Lord. That's what we'll look at today, fellowship with the Lord. Fellowship with the Lord. I believe um, most of us here have at least grown up in, in, um, in a Christian home, at least. Most of us. Not everyone, maybe, but most of us, Right? You come from a background where your parents or your guardians um, have a history of, of worshiping God. Or you, you, um, you started... How many used to go to Sunday school when you were young? Raise your hand. If you used to go to Sunday school. <laughs> you never used to go to Sunday school? Sometimes. <laughs> wow. Okay. And how many never used to go to Sunday school? Raise your hand. If okay, Sabbath school. Okay, so whether Sunday school, Sabbath school, whatever it is, you used to go to. How many never used to go for such things? Raise your hand. It's okay. I'm not this is not a trick question. Why are you afraid? Okay. Excellent. So I I, I used to go to Sunday school when I was young. And I was I was one of the most problematic kids in Sunday school. I knew. Like I remember when I my I, I met um my Sunday school teacher two years ago. She was like, wow, you're a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, ah, you gave me trouble. Um, I was in fights. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in Sunday school. Fights. Um, getting other people's toys. Um, eating their food. I was that one. <laughs> I was really that one, really. Because I think growing up, I've always had a dominant personality, really. So it's, 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 it's always been there from the time I was a child. So it was very easy to do certain things in Sunday school. <laughs> so when I got saved, I had to learn humility. You know what I mean? Eh? To be humble and whatnot. But then today we're looking at fellowship with the Lord. And um, fellowship with the Lord is something that's very important because... You don't learn fellowship simply by belonging to a Christian home. You can grow up in a Christian home or even come from a Christian background but still know very little or nothing really about fellowshipping with the Lord. And my, my, my encounter with a number of people has just been that. There are a lot of people who know how to play church, how to be in church and how to exactly do certain things, but when it comes to that personal quality fellow, um, fellowship time with the Lord, there is there is a lot that is lacking. And I told you to say, for example, that uh, these these things, the, the teachings are connected. And you see, one of the things that you have to learn is that you can't you can't effectively fellowship with the Lord if you are still holding on to certain worldly pleasures. It can't happen because one of the things that happens, um, there is such a thing called. Um, Condemnation. You've heard about it, right? There's such a thing called condemnation. Now, condemnation is not from God. Condemnation is not from God. What is from God is correction. 
the spirit of God on the inside of you corrects you. He does not condemn you. However, when you keep practicing certain things, the voice of condemnation becomes louder and louder. So what happens is generally because you are you are either living a double life or you know that the things you are doing are not necessarily of God, condemnation will grow in your heart such that you'll be you'll be guilty even to pray. You know what I mean? You'll be guilty even to pray. When others are praying, you for you, you just there is something in you that's just making you feel unworthy in the presence of God. I know some people can relate. Eh? <laughs> so, when, when others are lifting up their hands, everything in you is just telling you, what you are doing last week. These hands you are lifting. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> so, the enemy knows exactly what to do. And what the whole goal for condemnation is to ensure that you don't grow in your fellowship with God. Together. That's the whole essence of condemnation. To ensure that you don't grow in your fellowship because and the, and, and the funny thing about it is that condemnation will make you stay away even from church where you're supposed to be helped. You find you are supposed to be helped in the house of God but everything you say, ah, I'm not going this week. I need to work on myself. Firstly. Whenever I hear such things, it's like someone saying, ah, I'm too sick to go to the hospital. Let me get healed first and I'll visit them after. Tell me if that makes sense. Does it? Isn't it that you go to the hospital when you're sick? Right? Yes. So it means when you have an issue... The place to go to is actually the house of God. That's not the place to run away from. Alright? So, condemnation hinders your fellowship with God. It hinders your fellowship with God. And that's why, to avoid it, don't participate in certain things. Because it can be avoided. And the thing about condemnation is that no matter how mature you are, trust me, it can get to you. There's no level of maturity. And, and, okay. The thing also is, you also notice that generally, if you do something over and over and over and over and over again, that sense of guilt in your heart dies. Right? Right? That sense of guilt dies because when you start doing it the first time, you find you are <laughs> you cry before God. God have mercy on me. By the time that you 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 it reaches a few months, there is no there's nothing in your heart. Like it just it's like it, can I give you an example of one thing that is normal for people? Lying. Like no no guilt. Like you can just lie. <laughs> like you can just lie like oh you ignore someone's call I was busy you are not even busy you ignore the why are you lying and that's the thing it's in those small things that things begin to grow you know what I mean right so you find in the area of lying Satan doesn't even have to condemn it because your heart is already it's like, it's made of, of steel <laughs> Satan doesn't have to do any work as in there he's sorted like this air were good. Like someone can just sometimes I'm amazed, like how people lie. One time I was I, I was I was having um there was someone who came to my office and uh, I don't know where they were supposed to be, but they picked up a call in my office, like oh, I don't know, I'm on my way right now. And I'm like, this meeting is about to take 30 minutes. What do you mean you're on your way? <laughs> you know what I mean? So people. And even believers sometimes, sometimes you just, you just get shocked. Like, ha! You! Why? Why are you lying? And the Bible is clear that God hates a lying tongue, right? Yes! So it's, it's shocking sometimes when we, with certain things. Because you... Let me not say a lot. 
I think you've hit. Stop lying. <laughs> no, develop the attitude of speaking the truth at all times. Because the moment you develop the attitude of lying, once, it's the same way if you develop, let's say, for example, you're late somewhere and you tell someone that, oh, I'm late, I was late because of traffic and you are lying about traffic, the next time you will lie about traffic. Again. Because you lie successfully once. You're like, this works. <laughs> yes, some young men are even lying. You're the only one I'm talking to. God. No, may your phone die if you're lying like that. Yes. Now, if you're like someone's child, you're the only, may your phone die. I'm even saying it here. Amen. Sister, say amen. amen. <laughs> Their phones will die. <laughs> or it will be stolen in the Kuluma town. <laughs> I'm not even apologetic because well, you don't deserve it. Because <laughs> you're using it to just lie and cheat. What? What? What's a smartphone for them? On the fellowship. First Corinthians, let's go with scriptures. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter number chapter number one, verse nine. Someone is worried about their phone right now. <laughs> when they're climate, they'll be holding it like this. Tight. Close to their body. First Corinthians chapter number one, verse nine. First Corinthians chapter number one, verse nine. Are we there? We can read it together. One, two, three, go. God is faithful. Read it again. Yes. Yes. That means the Bible says you were caught into the fellowship. That means every believer has a calling and that calling is into fellowship. So before, you see, sometimes people are obsessed with discovering their callings, let's say in their assignments in the body of Christ. But before you go further to discover certain assignments you have in the body of Christ, you must first begin to walk in this calling of fellowship. You've been called to actually fellowship with the Son, that's Jesus Christ. And to call simply means to bring you from one place into another. That's what it's referring to here. To bring you from this place into that place. That means you could have been busy doing other things, but Jesus has actually called you and said, look, come into fellowship. That means you, you, you are a person that was created to love the Lord and fellowship with him. Essentially, when you look at, when you look at, um, when you look at how God created man, God created man for fellowship even from day one. God created and placed him in a garden, not only to work, but to ensure that there was communion there. To ensure that he could easily talk to man in that place without any distractions whatsoever. So the whole essence of us coming in Christ, the highest calling that we have in Christ, that's actually our fellowship with him. So if you don't attend to your fellowship with the Lord, you will find that you will live a very unfulfilled life. It will be very unfulfilled. So, when we talk about fellowship, we're referring to intimacy. We're referring to um, a love connection with, with the Lord. We're referring to, so it's, it's not just about coming to church. You listen to a sermon. Oh, it's a good sermon. You go back home. It's deeper than that. It's, it's beyond that. It's, it's where your heart has been captured by the Lord. And you know that you know that you're supposed to be given to fellowship. Are we together? Where your prayer life is not driven by satanic devices or by, by, by warfare only, but by fellowship. You see, I always say this. If God was to decide today that Satan will longer be in existence, some people don't have prayer points. Some people have nothing to pray for. And that's why when you get to heaven, you discover there there is no devil. What do you talk to God about? It will be an awkward relationship. Eh? Like, I didn't know I could talk to you like this, Lord. Because you are used to binding and loosing, binding and loosing. You bind, you loose, you destroy, you do this, you pray, you pray against people. Even the people that God saved, they are praying against them because they don't like you. As if Jesus was liked by everyone. 
the savior of humanity. Not everyone loved him. Till today, not everyone loves him. You understand, right? Some people, even on their deathbed, they will still curse him. Someone say fellowship. Say it louder. Say fellowship. So there should be intimacy between you and the Lord. There should be intimacy between you and the Lord. And intimacy simply means you get to spend quality time with the Lord Jesus Christ on your own. It's beautiful to pray corporately like, 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 like we are doing. We gather together like this with fellowship. But it's, there, is, there is greater revelation when you actually get to spend time with God on your own. There is, there is better intimacy when you, when you get to spend time with God on your own. Because look. In church like this, the worship song can touch your heart and you can kneel, you can lie down, you can, be, you can cry and whatnot. That's beautiful. But beyond that, when no, when no one, is, when, when no one is, is watching you, are you still able to bow down and say, I love you, Lord? That's where the question is. And that's where fellowship actually comes in because now in your, in your relationship with God, you are not driven by what you can get from him. You are driven because of what you share with him. You are driven by exactly that. And I'll tell you this, when it comes to people, generally, every person here shares a relationship with someone of some sort, right? I'll give you an example. To someone in this world, I'm a husband. To someone in this world, I'm a brother. To someone in this world, I'm an uncle. To someone in this world, um, I'm a son. But to another, I'm a friend, right? To other people, I'm their pastor. Now, each relationship there has got their own dynamics, you understand, right? They've got their own dynamics. So, to, to the person who calls me their father, there's a certain level of responsibility I have over them that I may not have to that person who is just a friend. You understand, right? And also, there's a certain level of responsibility I may have towards the person who calls me their child that I may not have towards someone who just calls me their uncle. You understand, right? The dynamics are different. So when it comes to your fellowship with God, what are the dynamics of your, of your relationship? You have to define them and define them correctly. And the beauty for us as, as believers is that the dynamics have been defined by scripture already. We don't define them from, from our head. We define them according to the word of God. And according to God's word, number one, Jesus calls us his friends. That means he can talk to you like a friend. Number two, he calls, us, he calls us his children. Also, the scripture shows that he's our Lord. That Lord means master. That means he can talk to you like a master over you. When a master is talking to you, he's not negotiating with you. How together. So the dynamics are different. And that's why in fellowship, you get to see certain dimensions of, of God that other people may not actually experience. You can encounter the friendship side of God that someone has never experienced in this world. You can experience the father side of God that other people may not have experienced. And that's why in fellowship, you, God gets to reveal himself a certain way and you have to pay attention. How together. So I'll look at a few things that get to hinder uh, fellowship effectively. I said, number one, I talked about condemnation, right? That's one of the biggest things I have noticed with believers. It gets to hinder uh, fellowship effectively. But before we do that, look at Mark chapter number Chapter number 3, verse 14. Mark 3, verse 14. Are we following? Are we following? Mark chapter number 3, verse 14. Mark chapter number 3, verse 14. Yeah, there say glory. Okay, only two people said glory. So I wait for everyone to turn there. Mark chapter number 3, verse 14. We can read together. One, two, three, go. Yes. Read it again. Hmm? Have you seen that? The first thing is that when he called them or he appointed them, the first calling they had is that they were called to himself first before he could send them. That means... There are some who pray, God, use me. I want to be used by you. But you've not responded to the calling to him first. There is that calling that you have to attend to. The disciples had to spend time with Jesus first before he could use them after.
Are we together? And what fellowship does, there's a teaching I did on, on, on spiritual hunger. Some of you have heard it before, right? Now, what fellowship does is that when, I'll say it like this. Generally, if you want to grow in your love for the Lord, you have to spend more time with him. Are we together? Daniel, there are people in this world that when you meet them the first time, you may not love them. But when you begin to interact with them, you discover you love them. I'm not talking about that life you think about. I'm talking about people generally. It could be a workmate or a classmate. Understand, right? So generally, getting to know someone can either make you love them more or make you not want to spend time with them. Understand, eh? Is that true? So, if, if you want to get to actually connect with someone, you have to spend time with them. You can't connect with someone you don't spend time with. Are we together? You can't connect with someone you don't spend time with. So, if you want to effectively connect with someone on a deeper level, you actually have to spend time with each other. So, when we talk about fellowship with the Lord as well, for you to effectively have fellowship, you actually have to spend quality time together. And the thing about quality time is that as you spend time with him, there is, there is a drawing in your heart towards Jesus. There is a drawing in your heart towards his presence. There's a drawing in your heart towards the place of prayer. There's a drawing in your heart towards talking to him and just wanting to fellowship with him. And sometimes when I get to see that, that, that someone does not have that drawing in their heart, I can tell that this one doesn't even spend time at all. But there is that, there is the inner, there is the inner hunger you get to develop for his presence. You know what I mean? There is that inner hunger you get to develop for his presence. And that's why when you see people spend time in prayer a certain way, not everyone is faking it. And that's why when you hear people, let's say for example, someone tells you, me I was praying for one hour. You're wondering, what were they talking about? You see, it's the same thing we wonder what you talk about with someone for one hour on the phone. No, we wonder as well. Because if you wonder why someone can spend two hours in prayer, you how many times, how many hours do you spend sometimes? You finish your minutes. Buy other ones. Just to talk to someone who's lying to you. Yes. You go to WhatsApp call. Your date has even finished. <laughs> As in, you, you spend your last money. There, there's a young man I know. I was amazed. He was, he was impressed by this young lady. And just to see her, he would cross targets. I was like, guy, the dedication. Crossing a target. You're even paying right there. Pay when going, pay when coming back, you burn your gas. Lord. <laughs> ah, you're not even married to this person. What, what are you going to do there? Ah, no, you, you don't understand. Um, and I, I, I told him, I don't, want, I don't want to understand. Trust me, I will never understand. Generally, there, there's, when your heart is driven generally, there, there is no telling how far you can go. I think some of you know, eh? There is no telling how far you can go. Hi, Mrs. Lungu. Yes. There is no telling how far you can go. You can say it can never be me, but that, that never be me. That's how you are like, ah, me, I can never. <laughs> I don't know why my deacons are excited. <laughs> I have no idea. What's going on, sir? You can relate. <laughs> there is a drawing you get to have for God. And that's why when you see people, let's say, they, they, they will go in prayer and they will spend time. They will spend an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours. They know what they found there. They know the fellowship they found. They are not crying for power. They already have it in Christ Jesus. They are not crying for anointing. They have received it by the Spirit. What they are drawn for in that place is just fellowship and hunger for God. That's what's drawing in, in that place of prayer. 
So next time you're wondering, how come other people are praying? Just know there's something they've discovered that you may not have discovered. And you have to be at a place where you, you are ready to actually discover that for yourself. As well. say, Look, I want, to, I want to pray like this. I want to love God like this. I want to worship like this. When other people are worshiping, and, listen, and look, you have to remove that mindset. No, people are just pretending. People are just, no, they're just faking it. No, people are just, they are just, ah, there is no way. There is a way. You understand? You can't think everyone who prays a certain way pretends. Not everyone pretends. People generally have fellowship and relationship with the Lord. And you have to develop your own. And can I tell you something? There is no human being who can have a relationship with, with God on your behalf. Not even your pastor. There is no person I can pray for you, but I can't have fellowship on your behalf. The prayer team may pray for you, but they can't have fellowship on your behalf. That worship you're supposed to give to God. No one can give it to him on your behalf. No, I've delegated to go and worship God for me. It can't happen. It's supposed to come from you. From the depth of your heart. Are we together? Yes. Let me see how much time I have. Alright. So, let's look at a few things. Uh, how do you grow in your fellowship with the Lord? How do you grow? Oh, sorry. The other, the other, I, think, I think I talked about condemnation, right? As a killer. The other killer to fellowship is actually worldliness. Worldliness. Let me dwell on that a little. Worldliness. It's a killer to actually effective fellowship. It's a killer to effective fellowship. You, 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 you don't effectively fellowship with the Lord and with Beyonce and you hate it. Oh, who is your favorite artist? Let me mention them. You can't effectively... Who are the other sex artists nowadays? Who? Your maps. Yes, so you can't effectively... <laughs> I don't know how the deacon knows that guy. <laughs> you pray for him. For his salvation. God. We need to have a meeting with my leaders. You can't effectively have fellowship with the Lord and those are the guys you listen to. Let me say it as it is. No, pastor, um, but it's not sin. It's just love. Okay, let's do this. And this is, this, is, this, is what I, this is a challenge I usually give people. If at all, there is no problem with it. Get a mic and lead that song in church. No, since there's nothing wrong, eh? No, get a mic and just lead it. Make us dance. There's another one that was arguing with me. No, about alcohol. No, it's not. It's not. It's just. Um, it's just how you, how moderate you drink. And I asked them, say, look, okay, fine. I want you to get that bottle of alcohol. Go in the house of God. Sit there and drink. No, but that's the house of God. But the Bible says you are the temple. Why are you? Why are you uncomfortable taking a bottle? In the, in the physical house of God, but you're, you, you are comfortable to take it inside the temple. It means you're living dangerously. It means you have more, you, you have more honor for physical buildings than the building God calls his house, which is your body. Listen, the Bible says he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. That's what the Bible says, right? Yes, that means when you come to him, you've been joined into fellowship with him. You are one spirit. Don't contaminate the body of Christ. Don't contaminate his temple. Don't take useless things there. People, some people are so quiet. <laughs> you are listening. Are you listening? No, you worldliness will hinder your fellowship. It will. It will. The music, the music you listen to, they matter. No, me, I can't be listening to Don Moe in the whole day, Pastor. <laughs> now, who says you have to listen to Don Moe in the whole day? <laughs> who say that? Who say that? When I got saved, the first thing I did because then we still have memory cards. I formatted it. 
there was there was useless music there. I just like this is useless. Let me just get rid of everything. And by then I was still I was still um a I wasn't a yoga. What? What do you mean? But I I I I loved rap. Okay, I think now it's I don't like it. I think it's just a lot of noise. I think it's growing up, eh? I understand my parents better now. Dikon, she still love rap somewhere. She's growing up. Dikon, Dikon still does. I see his TikToks. He's still, he's still a fan. So I used to love those things. So when I came in Christ, I had to find the people who were preaching through the kind of music I wanted, and I did. I had artists I would listen to. But as I grew, and I'm not talking about just growing in the faith, I mean just growing just as a person. I think as you grow as a person, you grow out of these things. Some of these things should be a phase, eh? Hey, no, as in you can't be 30 and you're still aspiring to be a rapper, for example. It should, it should be a phase. You should grow out of it at some point. <laughs> you understand? Yes, you can't, you can't, there should be a time when you should just, you should just give up on, on that, some of these careers and ambitions. Just focus on, on what you should actually be doing. <laughs> it's talent, eh? <laughs> No, if you are talented, that's good. But look, at a certain age, I think you just focus on other things because you, you will be chasing the wind. No, you can't be, you can't be upcoming from the time you are 70 to 30. <laughs> You're upcoming. <laughs> you just you just drop mixtapes and and you you it's just you and your family review your YouTube videos. No, it's a problem. There should be a time when just ah, I think this is not working out. Let's focus on other things. You understand, right? Yes. <laughs> so worldliness it will hinder your fellowship. That's why, even when you're a student, be one who is distinct. Be one given to God. Be one given to prayer. Be one, be one that's given to fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Don't be given to worldly passions. They will hinder your fellowship with the Lord. You will not effectively pray. You will not effectively have fellowship with the Lord. All together. Now, a few things that will help you grow your fellowship with the Lord. Number one. Number one, don't ignore the promptings in your heart. Don't ignore those promptings in your heart. That means when you are being prompted to pray at a particular hour, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. It means when you are being led by God to pray, don't ignore those leadings by God. No matter where you are, you don't have to be dramatic with your prayer. You can, you can pray from your heart. If you're, if you're, for example, if you're in a place where there are, there are too many people, you can pray from your heart. If you can excuse yourself, then excuse yourself and actually, and actually go and pray. Don't ignore those leadings in your heart to actually pray. The moment you start ignoring those promptings or those leadings in your heart, you're placing yourself in danger. How together? Don't ignore those leadings. Don't ignore those promptings. It will help you because the Spirit of God desires to fellowship with you more than you may desire to fellowship with Him. His desire for you is stronger than your desire for Him. That, that's a conviction you must have. Say, God wants to spend time with me. God loves my presence. God loves to hear my voice. God loves to hear my thoughts. God loves to hear, to, to hear me sing for him. God loves, you see, you must, you, 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 must, you must not ignore those promptings. The other thing is that you must develop a way to express yourself to God. There are some people who find it better to express them, themselves to God by singing to him. And that's okay. So for you, if, if, if worshiping God, and you find maybe, let's say, you're aided by, 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 by music or whatever it is, or maybe you write your own songs to the Lord, you, you begin to fellowship and you love on him, him. That's beautiful. So you must develop a, a love language with God. Develop it. You can't be writing poetry for a girl, but you never read it for God. 
No, when it comes to young ladies, why you quarter reese? But you, you know what reese is? You don't know. Ah, you are not first on you. Gen Z's have been teaching me stuff. <laughs> no, you can't have riz <laughs> in other areas, but there is you, you, you don't know how to express yourself with God. No, with God, you're just quiet. During prayer, just look at everyone like this. You even sit while everyone is standing. You stand, just please stand. Like you're just tired. But when it comes when it comes to talk, talking to other people, ah, you 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 have story. You are the one that they you, are, you, are, see, you know how to start a conversation. You know how to sustain it. <laughs> no, we are even afraid of leaving our sisters with you alone because we don't know what you will say. <laughs> no, but reason is important, eh? I'm Deacon. No, it's, it's important. We'll talk about it in the men's ministry. Ah, it's, it's, it's very, very important. It's very imp- You don't go to a young lady with tongues, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Too much flowers, they, they like such things. <laughs> yeah, are you listening? Not by Valentine's. First of all, you've come up with... No, this is not even in the Bible. Or if you go further, nika poem, kwati mwa Shakespeare, then you, you must. That's the only thing you have. My paragraph. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> anyway, I'm not talking about that. I'll talk to the guys on their own. <laughs> Amen. So develop a love language with God. If for you, all you know is just to talk, then talk to God. And look, prayer does not have to be something that is too formal. You can talk to God as though you are talking to your father because he's actually your father. You understand, right? Imagine you're walking to your father, let's say in, in the living room, and you have all these things, they're saying all these preambles. Oh, Father, I'm here before you. <laughs> to ask of you. Is that how we talk to your father? <laughs> no, because we've made it so, look or sound so formal, like, like God would be upset if you talk. No, he's actually your father. He is the one that called himself your father. The Bible says God is the father of spirits. That means he gave birth to your inner man. How we together? So you don't have to, no, I don't know what to say in prayer. The words you can say to your father, say them to God. I always say this, look, if, if times are hard, then that's the only thing you can say to God. Just go to God and say, look, Lord, times are hard. Here, I'm just here to vent. This is my prayer time now. 30 minutes venting. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> no, because it's your father. Why can't you talk? Why can't you use the name of Jesus to express your heart to him? Understand, right? It doesn't have to be, no, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. Father, no, that, that may sound powerful. But your heart is more important. I was laughing with, 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 with a friend the other time, and it's like how sometimes people have got a prayer list at the back of their mind. Eh? They've got all these issues, but they start with like a worship song. It's like they want to soothe. It's like they want to... <laughs> They want to, not even the atmosphere, they want to, they want to get to God's heart first. When, when they sense everything is right now, like, no, 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 listen now. No, God is not like that. You can't bribe God. Your worship doesn't bribe God. Out together. I'll tell you a thing about your fellowship with God. Number one, God does not hear you because you pray too much. God doesn't get bribed by your giving. Say that again. Your giving 
is simply because you are a believer, you know you are responsible and you give to the house of God. It is not to bribe God. Okay. I know some of you have been taught, you know, if you don't give this, then, then <laughs> that's a lie. If you already gave, they ate your man. So God doesn't get bribed like that. We give from our hearts. You understand, right? God doesn't get bribed. You must understand the, the revelation behind giving. And it's not because you want to get God to hear you. God, God will hear you once you pray in the name of Jesus. Once you just pray in his name, he will hear you. How together? God doesn't stop hearing you because you sinned. God doesn't stop hearing, you know, now, now, but how come, pastor, um, after I sinned, I stopped feeling the presence of God? Because look, because God's presence to you was a feeling to begin with. It was a feeling. When the feeling left, you think God left. No, if God was to leave you, you would know. Do you know how you would know? You'd be on the other side. You won't be with him. No, if he was, right? You would know that yes, God has left. How will you know? You'll be on the other side. As long as you've got, you can still breathe. Trust me, God is with you. Are we together? The other thing that will help you in your fellowship with the Lord. Number one, I said don't ignore the promptings, right? Yes. So, in not ignoring your, 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 your promptings also, one of the things you must do is that you must create the, if, if it works for you, you must create the right atmosphere for you to actually fellowship with God. For me, for example, when I'm, when I'm fellowshipping with the Lord, what works for me is silence. I love to be in silence. I love to be alone when I'm fellowshipping with the Lord. You don't, you rarely find me praying with other people. When I'm praying with other people, usually we're in a meeting. I, I don't, I hardly call anyone and say, let's pray together. If I'm praying with someone, then I'm praying for them. So for me, silence is what helps me. But it may not help the next person. For you, maybe you find it better praying with headsets. You understand, right? And that's okay. But what happens when the headsets have died? <laughs> now you can't sustain a prayer life. That becomes a problem. All together. So you must create the right atmosphere or environment for yourself. If for you, what helps you is simply um, ensuring that there is music uh, playing in, in the background as you pray. That's okay. You can do that. It doesn't make you any less spiritual. Out together. It helps you. It will help you fellowship with God better. So create the right atmosphere, the right environment that will help you grow. Because sometimes if you want to pray, uh, what, I remember one time, the first time I remember I wanted to pray for a long time, deliberately. I decided that I was going to, to put, uh, because... I, I, I pray better when, if I'm going to put something, there may be someone else is speaking in tongues in the background. I, I pray better like that, really. So I decided, look, look, I wanted to pray for about four hours straight. So I decided to find a video on YouTube which had just that. Four hours straight, and there was a dear man of God who was leading prayer for, for that long. So I decided to put it there, and I started praying. I started praying. I, I, would, I, I, know, I would have known, rather, that the time is up when, when the video stopped. You understand, right? So I, I kept praying, I kept praying, I kept praying, I kept praying, I kept praying. Of course, after, after some time, you look, hey, see, see that video. Like, I just tired, but you keep going because it's, it's, you're deliberate about it, right? You keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Eventually, you find you, you reach there. So if you want to grow, for example, you can decide. At first, um, I started with put even just 15, a, a song, 15 minutes. There are a lot of worship songs like that, really, nowadays. Put a 15-minute song, you're, you're, you're listening to it as you're fellowshipping. When it's done, you know that it's done. Great. You put another one, if you listen to it twice, you're 30 minutes in prayer. You praise God. You've grown. It's better than nothing. You understand, right? So create the environment that actually works for you. And that's why I said, you can't effectively have this fellowship while you're listening to funny music because that will not necessarily create the right environment for you. No, pastor, but there is time for everything. Yes, there's time for everything. But for you being in the spirit, you are born there, you stay there. That's the time for everything. There's no time to go in the flesh. That's what the, that's what the Bible says when it's the time for everything. The flesh is for those who are not saved. 
Not you. You, you are born in the spirit. You, you live in the spirit. Therefore, what should attract you are the things that are desires to your spirit, not to your flesh. Are you listening? Yes. The other thing that we look about as, um, is also you must live above your flesh. That's the last thing. You must live above your flesh. You must live above your flesh. If you are going to effectively fellowship with the Lord, you must live above your flesh. Your flesh will not want to pray, will not want to fellowship. Trust me. Your flesh is not interested in spiritual things. Can I say something that some of you will relate to? Can I go ahead? Only two people once. Can I go ahead? All right. How you know that the flesh is working mightily is this. You want to pray. You are dozing. The moment you are done, you are awake. <laughs> no, because you can, <laughs> you want to pray and you just feel tired. But you put a series, you are four hours up. No, how come you couldn't last 20 minutes in prayer but you are lasting four hours on a movie? It's strong. One time the disciple of Jesus says, look, the spirit is willing. <laughs> Jesus called them to pray and these guys were just, they slept. One brother told me, uh, he, he, uh, we used to pray together a lot and he would, he would sleep a lot in prayer. He would, <laughs> he would. And you know what he told me? I love to rest in God's presence. <laughs> I said, no, this is not resting in God's presence. <laughs> like the brother would just rest. And you know how you do it? You just lie down like that. Or, or he would kneel and then he would like put his face on, on, on a pillow or something. You think the brother is seeing visions. You are not together. You wake him up and you're like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> So if you find yourself at that place where, trust me, your flesh will not want to pray. That's why there is no such thing as being in the mood for prayer all the time. There is no person like that, no matter how anointed or spiritual they are. So if you think you're the only one who feels tired to pray, you are not. The people who pray long hours also feel tired. Sometimes they're like 30 minutes in prayer. They intend, imagine you intend on praying for one hour and you're tired after 10 minutes. Look at the time. 50. 50 minutes to go. Yeah. And then now you begin to coach. It's not about, about how long you pray. Um, it's about how effective. And how, now you're lying to yourself. How are you listening? The flesh. You must live above it. That means to live above it simply means the time you don't feel like doing something, you do it anyway because that's what must be done. Amen. You live above. You, you decide, I'm going to live above my flesh. I refuse to succumb to my flesh. I refuse to listen to my flesh. Yes. And it's also the same thing about, let's say, fasting. When was the last time you were in a fast? Last year. November last year. You were? <laughs> no, when was the last time you were? So if the church then declare fast, you won't fast, eh? Or some of you are, are forced to fast. When Minimi was done in the house that day, waiting for your father to come at night. So you fasted during the day. Your flesh will not want to pray. It won't want to fast. It won't want to do anything spiritual. Your flesh wants to be entertained. That's why you will find that it's more amusing to put headsets and you're dancing to funny music. To put headsets and you're listening to uh, a worldly podcast. To put headsets and let's say you're following a series. You can follow a series religiously, but you're not even finishing one single book of the Bible. Anime, you know. But the book of John, you don't know. 
You even understand the strange language they speak. Am I teaching well? <laughs> Those scared dramas that are, that, that are built to your emotions, you, you like it. The love story there, you love it. But explain the gospel of man, nothing. You can't explain that love story. Are you listening? Someone said the flesh. Say it louder. Say the flesh. You must live above it if you're going to be effective in your fellowship. Because generally, your flesh is enticed by other things. Out together. Yes. Let me finish by saying this. If before you got saved, you were battling with worldly addictions. For example, you, were, you struggled with... Yes. If you, if you used to struggle with an addiction, a worldly addiction, for example, could have been smoking, drinking, or anything worldly. When you get saved, it doesn't mean that the appetite goes immediately. Please hear me and hear me quick. Hear me well. If you used to love alcohol, even after salvation, trust me, your heart may crave it once in a while. Some brother just said, yes, sir. <laughs> he knows what he's dealing with. <laughs> no, but it doesn't mean that you give in to the feeling you're having because that feeling is not what defines you. You are in Christ now. As you grow in Christ, some of these things now get to begin to fall away. How together? So, to, you'll be unfair on yourself if you think that simply because now that I'm saved, that, that addiction for smoking won't be there. It, it, that, that, that desire for smoking won't be there. It may still be there. Because what God saved is your spirit. Not your soul. Are you listening? Now, I'm not saying that when you give in now, like, yes, our pastor said, uh, these things will still be there. I'm saying the desire, not the actions. If the actions are still there, come for prayer. Yeah. So, you may not always be in the mood to pray, to fast, to do any of these things. But you have to discipline yourself to do them. Amen. Because I said I'll conclude, so I'll conclude here. Please stand on your feet. Stand on your feet.